Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. have a very special episode today with a very special guest, but before we dive in with our special guest, I wanted to give a quick shout out and big congratulations to Kelsey, who just won an Emmy for her latest project on the story of Matt Cain, and so we are very excited. She did an incredible job, um, wanted to ask you how the experience was, how that night went, and just kind of your overall thoughts. Yes, thank you both very much. Uh, I really appreciate it and the very sweet social media post. Um, It was definitely a very exciting night. I had talked about this video, I think, in an earlier episode. I spent over six months on this documentary feature on Matt Cain's Perfect Game. So, It was an honor to be nominated and very exciting to win and to go up and to celebrate and to really just feel like all that hard work was really received well and valued and, you know, got so much sweet, uh, like love and attention from family and friends, just like supporting. I mean, Kath, for you to again share as a Dodger fan, that is the highest compliment. Um, There is a a slight grief thing that came up, though, from it, and it um, Because like we talk about, I'm kind of in a phase of life where I don't have any major life milestones going on. I'm not getting married. I'm not having kids, right? I'm just kind of sailing through my everyday. But this, I would say, is kind of a a nice milestone, maybe not a crazy big life milestone. And so there was definitely that pang of sadness of I want to celebrate with my mom. I want to tell my mom about this, Um, you know, wanting to text her, you know, and it's maybe one of the first like bigger things to have happened in in my life since she passed. So it's kind of that very common grief reminder that with every like big and happy thing that happens, unfortunately, there is a little bit of an undertone of like, well, shoot, she's not there with me or I can't celebrate with her. Um, of course, I wasn't like, you know, I, I still was so happy and let myself enjoy the moment, but this audience would understand better than anyone that like that was still an undertone. Um, but I appreciate you both so much. Thank you. No, that definitely makes sense. Um, and I want to reiterate what Kathy said. We're just so proud of you. I um, remember when you texted us, I the next day I talked to my dad and he like ran downstairs and told my stepmom like it was like me that had done it. And I'm like, this is not a Zix. This is not, this is not a me thing. But it was like, oh my God. It was like you were like, she was, they were all celebrating you as well back in the Midwest. And I also wanted to note that um, if you guys want to view the piece, I have no chill whatsoever. So I put it in our Instagram bio. Um, I'll leave it in there for a little bit. And then uh, you know, until I probably will leave it in there forever because I'm so proud. So congratulations, Kels. We are so proud of you. And I saw it. I saw it. Really? Gary, what do you think? <laughs> it was awesome. It was it was great. It was a great piece. It was it, it you got to know Matt Kane a lot, a lot better. It was awesome. Thank you. That means a lot also coming from a Dodger fan. Um, and with that, Kathy, would you like to introduce our special guest who is also so supportive and lovely? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so the voice you just heard is Mr. Gary Wells, who is a ultra baseball fan um, and longtime Dodger fan. So also high compliments to Kelsey that uh, it came across your radar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Gary is my one of my best friends from childhood's father, who has seen me grow up since I was in kindergarten, um, and has been in my life since then. Um, we became closer once Corey and I entered middle school um, and went graduated from elementary school, and then went to the same middle school and high school. And he was definitely around um, during the years when I lost my dad and following a lot of chapters and milestones, I would say, after he passed, um, especially during that time frame, and has been an important, I would say, father figure in my life for some of those milestones. So very excited to have him here. 
for a Father's Day episode that oh. this will launch for. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're just very excited. I think overall, um, I'm in, I saw some of the questions that you guys had prepped. So I'm very curious for kind of just how our conversation goes. Yes. Thank you, Kathy, for the introduction. And Gary, thank you so much again for being here with us and opening up. And around Father's Day is a great time to also just acknowledge that your father, you know, always has a big place, but that there are many father figures or father supportive roles out there. Um, So first, my first question for you is I wanted to hear, what do you remember about what Kathy was like as a kid? Um, Since we obviously didn't know her back then, how did she carry herself? What was her friendship like with your daughter? Always a very serious student. Like if she got a B, she would be like really stressed out about not getting straight A's. (laughs) Um, And sometimes to a fault. Sometimes it would stress her out too much. Sometimes she would be very upset, especially in middle school and high school, about not getting straight A's. And I would try, I remember times telling her, you can relax. You don't have to get straight A's. You're, you're in middle school, you're in high school. Those years are tough enough when you're growing up. Uh, you want to fit in. You want to make sure you're wearing the right clothes. You want to. And those things are so important. And when you look back, you realize they really shouldn't have been that important because all you want to do is fit in. So she put, she put too much pressure on herself when it came to school. Uh, the relationship with my daughter, um, they were like sisters when they were young. And there's that one picture of you guys walking with your arms around each other. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of times where um, they they would they would hang out a lot. Uh, if my daughter had a soccer game, Kathy would go to the soccer game because she'd be with us for a, maybe the weekend. Um, so they were close. They were they were really really close. They were really close. Um, it's funny. I always tell Kathy when she talks about how she was a straight A student and she was so stressed about that. I was like, we were not the same in high school because I definitely was not in that same, in that same boat as her. Um, but thank you for sharing that Gary, but kind of the, the beginnings of the relationship and how you knew her. Um, we're also curious when, um, her father was getting sicker or when he started to get sick, how, how do you remember figuring or feeling like whenever you figured that out or uh, how you would, how you would keep up with what was going on in her family? Was it through her mom? Was it through her? Was it through Corey? Um, how did you kind of get that information and, and know what was going on with her at a young age? Cause I feel like it can be so very depending on how mature or whatever the, the kid is. Well, looking back, it was um, really odd to me how her mom didn't share as much information as she should have. So, and I can only relate to my experiences. When my dad was sick, me and my mom and brother, we, we knew everything that was going on. We participated in going to see him. We took shifts. We, we, we were a unit, which really helped because you could rely on each other. She didn't really know how serious things were until like when he was dying, Mm -hmm. which I thought was unfair. Right. And Kathy has shared that with us, that that was such a profound part of her grief and grieving experience, especially at such a young age. Um, I know, Gary, that you, like you just said, went through loss. Can you share with us uh, a little bit about how old you were when you lost your father. It sounds like you did have a really close family unit, um, which sounds like it helped. But knowing that you were able to help Kathy, probably a big part of that was you went through something so similar. Well, um, first of all, as a parent, there is no book on what to do when your spouse is sick and dying and how you how you try to help teach, um, uh, protect your child from the pain of going through that. So there's, there isn't really a right or a wrong. I think every family is different. 
Um, in my case, I think, um, like Kelsey, you were saying that your mom, you were like 13 or 14 when she was first diagnosed. I think I was about um, 16 or 17 when my dad was diagnosed and he died when I was about 25, 26. So I remember those years as being really, really hard because there was like, it just felt like there was a constant weight on your shoulder um, because, and it was a negative weight. It was, and it wasn't going to get better weight. It was the only, in our case, we knew that he was gonna die. And it got to the point, like the last, I don't know, six months to nine months. And this may sound funny, but we were, um, we were okay with him passing because we knew he wouldn't be suffering anymore. And um, some people look at you like, look at me like, what, you wanted him to die? No, I didn't want him to die, but I didn't want him to suffer anymore and he wasn't gonna get better. So, and, he, and my dad was a tough guy. So he didn't want to give in. He wanted to fight and fight and fight, which made it worse for everybody else. Um, and it, one thing that you said, Kelsey, about how you didn't have anything, you didn't, you got your, your Emmy, but you couldn't share it with your mom. That never goes away. That never goes away. I mean, my dad's been gone 40 years and there's still Father's Day, holidays, birthdays where you don't, you miss them. And, you know, when I look back at uh, my dad, didn't see me start my own business. He didn't see my grand my grandson. He didn't meet my my son or my daughter. I mean, there was so many things that I wish I could have shared with my dad. But as you grow older, um, but the memories they they kind of fade because again, for me, it's forty years. So I've not had a dad longer than I had a dad. So, so it's kind of a weird phenomenon that, that after a while, they, they, the memories kind of fade and they're not as vivid as they once were. Um, but then something like this happens and it, it like brings you back to some of those memories and some of those times, which in a way is good in a way bad. Um, well, thank you for sharing about your dad, uh, Gary. I know that it's, you said it's kind of you forget about it or you don't bring it up or it's not comfortable to talk until you're in this space. So you mentioned that you were about 25 whenever he passed away. And before we got on air, we talked about how old we were. Um, I'm curious if you can recall, I know it was, like you said, 40 years ago. So um, it's, it's, it's totally fine. But I'm wondering if you can recall like those first feelings of when you were started to know that you were like feeling your grief. You remember, was it, was it like the difficult time? How did you, deal with it as a 25 year old 40 years ago versus you know as um and and i'm also curious as to how it's changed how you've seen it progress over the past 40 years when you've had your kids when you have your grandkids you've seen it span for such a like a long um period of time and that's the first guest we've had on our podcast who has had such an experience with it well um i can still remember the um conversation when my mom called me up and i was at a friend's house she said you and Mark, that's my brother, you need to come over for dinner on Sunday. Like, okay, what's up? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it then. <clears throat> so we we're having, which was unusual. So you knew something was up. And uh, they said, dad has uh, colon cancer, um, but we're gonna beat it. We're gonna do, we're gonna be, they caught it early and at, 17 or 18, I was kind of like, oh, okay. That, okay, that doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal. But you hear the word cancer and you, you it, it never ends good. <clears throat> so um, I can still remember that day. Uh, <clears throat> I can remember the, the, the day he died. I was the last one to see him alive, which was weird because um, he was on so much, he was in so much pain and he was on so much morphine he was calling out for my mom and I couldn't, I couldn't really do anything. I just had to like hold his hand and said, dad, it's okay. It's okay. And then, um, the one thing that I've learned also is that you, you, you kind of feel like pissed off. Like why me? Why my dad? And you kind of carry that, that, that feeling around with you 
And I can tell you that most people are sympathetic for a little bit and then that's it because they have their own lives. They have their own things that they're trying to deal with. So at first they're, they're kind of sympathetic. And then after a while, they, they don't really, I don't want to say they don't care, but they don't care as much as when, when you first share data information with them. And that's, that's a really important lesson for you guys to learn because, um, what I learned after a while is that, especially the last year or so where my dad was really sick and people would say, Hey Gary, how's it going? And I would tell them after a while, they quit asking, how's it going? Cause they didn't want to hear the bullshit. Can I... yeah. okay. <laughs> they didn't want to hear my bullshit about what was going on in my life because it was depressing. And I realized, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I can't let, I can't let this chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, rule my life. We talk a lot about sometimes managing other people's feelings with grief, which is just an added layer like of work, like on you of having to like help people not feel awkward or weird or sad with your own life story. So that's very, I know, relatable and I'm sure you guys agree. Yes, completely. So much of what you're saying is so relatable. And even though that all happened to you 40 years ago, I was the same age, 25. So I feel like everything you're explaining completely, um, everything from, yeah, hearing the word cancer, not really knowing at first what the deal was, like being there for the end, that feeling, which I don't think is weird when you're at the very end and you see how intense the suffering is. And you do have that moment where you're like, at this point, you hope that they pass because the suffering is so extreme and people who haven't gone through that maybe don't understand that, but anyone who has knows exactly what you mean. So I just want to first just validate and appreciate you sharing that and hearing that perspective. Um, So knowing you had that life experience and Kathy is so close to your daughter, you say they're like sisters and you do finally get the news that Kathy's dad passed away. I, sure there were so many things going through your mind. Like, what do you remember thinking and feeling? And did you in that moment almost make a conscious decision? Like I want to step up and be there for her. Or did that just kind of happen organically throughout her life? Um, When it happened, I was, I I was caught completely off guard as was my wife and daughter. We, We were kind of shocked because we didn't know it was that the cancer was that far along. Uh, and then our first thought was to Kathy, like, how was she going to deal with that? Not knowing as bad as it was, but no, I never had a conscious decision about like, okay, I'm going to step up and try to be, uh, more than just a friend. I, I, I think those relationships, you just kind of have to let evolve and don't try to be overbearing, um, just be a good listener, um, be insightful. I mean, there'd be times where I could, I would see her and I could tell what kind of a mood she was in. Um, but then there was some, um, like, remember we did the, the father daughter dance at your quinceanera? Oh, don't worry. I'm sure there's questions about that. (laughs) Um, and I was honored. Yeah. I, I was honored to do that. Um, so once I saw that that she looked at me in those eyes as far as guidance or she can ask me anything, and I would tell her anything. I mean, I, I, I talked to my daughter and her about, I talk about boys when they're 13, 14, 15. I talk about drinking. I talk about drugs. Because if you don't, they're gonna, you can get blindsided by that stuff. Yes. Um, So you mentioned, Gary, that you had had kind of a little bit without going into it too much, but you were just like the blindsidedness of it. Do you remember, and I know you were the approachable parent to be able to talk to Corey about these things. Were you just straight up with her? Do you remember, um, my parents were very protective from a lot of the things. So like, I also have a similar experience. Like I didn't know um, exactly what was happening when my grandfather passed away. So I'm curious if you would also knowing you were going to step up for Kathy um, or 
trying or knowing that was like kind of the support she needed, were you also open and honest with Corey or was it a lot for her to handle whenever she was a young age too? Because I know that if you're observing grief sometimes from a younger age or from any experience, it can be kind of confusing, especially when you're young. Like you said, it's there's such pivotal years when you already don't know what's going on. Well, um, Corey and I would, whenever we would, she, she played a lot of soccer and whenever we would drive to soccer games, especially 13, 14, 15. Um, and this is, a, this is kind of a good story and that, um, she would, we would talk about, okay, when you start, when you start in high school, you're going to go to football games. After the football games, you're going to go to a party. People are going to be drinking there and you're going to be 15 years old. And, but you're going to want to fit in because you're going to see the, the older cool kids drinking and you're going to want to drink. Um, guys, and I can talk about anything. You can talk okay. about it. Okay. So guys, guys look at that as they want to get laid. And um, at 14, 15, 16, 17, and I don't blame them. That's just how they're built. So... There was one time I was talking to Corey and Kathy had a boyfriend, right? Yeah. And um, I I would ask Corey, well, how how's Kathy doing with him? Are they having sex? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and and, my, and Corey would say, well, dad, they love each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, they don't love each other. There's... 16 or whatever age they're, they think they love each other, but that's not love. That's just teenage <laughs> lust. And um, so sometimes I would tell Corey, hoping that she would get the message to Kathy. That's amazing. Very strategic because when you're that age, you listen to your friends probably more than anyone else anyway. Um, but thinking about that time and you referenced it just a second ago, Kathy's quinceanera, that is such a big milestone moment and one that happened not all that long after her dad passed away. And as you said, she asked you to do the dance with her. Can you talk to me about when she asked you, if you were surprised, what that was like, what the actual quinceanera was like? Um, and then Kathy, after he's finished, I would like to, uh, you've mentioned it in past episodes, but I would also like to hear your perspective because I feel like that moment really encapsulates like how special your guys's relationship is um so when she asked me i i didn't really think that much about it because i i didn't know that much about a quinceanera <laughs> and that they have a father-daughter dance so when she asked me to do it my to be honest with you my first thought is like oh no i'm gonna have to dance <laughs> um <laughs> so we took we took dance lessons together and um, and we 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 did really good. I think we were both really nervous at the time because you're dancing and you know all these eyes are upon you. And um, I think we you thought we messed up. I probably yeah. So she looked at me and like during the <laughs> dance said, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "No, it's okay. We got this. We got this." Um, so there wasn't like when she asked me, it wasn't. I didn't look at it like a um, like this is a, um, I looked at it, it was like an important thing for me to do. And if she asked me hundred percent, I was going to be all in. And if we had to take dancing lessons and what do we had to do? That's fine. I, I, I do whatever. So I was kind of honored to be honest with you that she asked me to do it. Um, and, um, the, the respect I got from all the friends mm -hmm. afterwards, People were coming up to me that I didn't even know and saying, man, Mr. Wells, that was so cool. And, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, but so it wasn't it wasn't like a conscious decision that that I I like thought, like, what if she asked me to do this? Should I do it? It was once she asked me, I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And it wasn't it, it was a fun it was a fun night to me. It was a fun night. Yeah, it's funny thinking about it now because I feel like. I was so focused on the dancing, like, like you said, like not messing up. Yeah. I wasn't really like, I almost wasn't taking it all in, in a sense. I was like, because of the student in me, like, I was just going to say you wanted to get straight A's. <laughs> because that I wanted to like perfect the dance. 
So I was just so focused on our steps, like, yeah. oh my God. And we would practice like outside of dancing lessons. We would be like, okay, like let's right. practice today. Like we, what if we, we were just down here? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just remember being like so annoyed and then, but you, you were easing my anxiety. And then at the end, it was really funny because I don't, I don't, I, this is another thing. I don't really remember if I got that emotional, but my friends, including right. Corey oh, oh, and crying. Roxy, bawling right. their eyes out like more than I was. So that to me was also like a weird, like, oh, wow, like they're feeling this intense emotion. Yeah. But I was just so fixated on the dancing that I didn't, yeah. I didn't absorb it until maybe after. Okay, so I do remember one time, like we were dancing, and I looked out into like the audience and I saw a lot of people crying. So I purposely didn't look anymore into the audience. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. That's so interesting that like, yeah, you guys were just locked in and having your own moment and everyone else was absorbing all the emotion. Um, last thing on the quinceanera, Kathy, was there any question in your mind if you were going to ask him? Like when, when it was your planning process and obviously I'm sure there was a pang of sadness that you're like, God damn it this should be with my dad, but how quickly did you jump from that to, well, I'm going to ask Mr. Wells or, you know, like how, what was that thought process like? Yeah. I think that to be quite honest, I was probably quickly like springing into action by asking you a bit almost in a, like a, to avoid the pain. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in like, and there was nobody else that I would have asked, but I just mean in like a way that I was like, okay, I don't want to get too sad about this. There's someone in my life that I would love to be a part of it. And so like, let's just move forward with like right. that person for this thing. And so I think I didn't let myself like get too wound up about that specific moment. And there are other moments in life maybe where I felt stronger pain I would say which is ironic because it's a father-daughter thing but I don't know that's just the truth yeah I, I felt the same way it's like we never like dove into like okay this is a big father-daughter deal but I'm gonna step in are we okay with that it was it wasn't it never came to that yeah I think that part of it is cool to have the have it be so low-key kind of I mean not low-key but be like yeah it's just it's just was. It's not like it had to be a big thing or a good or a bad. And Kelsey said we were done talking about the quinceanera, but I have a question that I will not let this topic go away if I don't ask. Is there a video of this performance somewhere, Kathy? Ooh, great question. Oh, there is a video probably somewhere. I know it exists somewhere. I will try to get that to you for social. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, yeah, but I but I don't think I've ever even watched it to be honest. I mean, that's fifteen years ago. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Wow. Speaking of fifteen years ago, so you've watched Kathy grow up. You said you met her when she was like around five, and then this is fifteen, and then now she's who she is now. What was like that experience? Like, how did you like watch her grow throughout the years? Were there times when you? were wanting to be like, oh, maybe this wasn't the best choice or maybe like, I want to curious how your guys' relationship has grown with you. Well, most of the time, um, there, there's 100% there's been some bad choices that I think she's made. Um, Thank you. No, I, I'm, <laughs> and I'm being perfectly honest. I know, I know. And I, I attribute most of it to not having a dad. Because I think um, her, she, she always, like once her dad passed, I think she tried even harder to um, make him proud, even though he wasn't around. Like she was going to get straight A, she was going to go to USC, she was going to make him proud. Um, because that, that's probably what they talked about together when, when she was growing up, like this is the plan. So she still was going to fulfill that plan. But, um, you know, like, like I said, I, I, me and my daughter talk about everything growing up and Kathy sometimes would be on the peripheral of that, or she would hear, like, there was times where I'd tell, tell things to Corey that I knew that she would say to Kathy that maybe was not my place to really say, but 
um, yeah, there's been times where I'll, I'll hear about something and I'll shake my head and go, what, what the hell is she thinking? <laughs> like what? Just your, some of your choices and, and guys <laughs> or going out or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Or if you had your dad around, um, he could probably, he would have been maybe more harder on you or, but you know, a lot of it also, you know, guys, it, it, you know, you see how your, your parents are. So my kids are a reflection of, of me and the, the way me and my wife are and me and my wife, we're best friends. So my son and his wife are best friends. Corey and her boyfriend are best friends. And that is huge. That is huge because that's, that's how you get through life with being married is, is you have to, it has to be your best friend. I feel like while I was young um, and, or because I was so young, I didn't have as many years watching a relationship, a parent relationship in front of me. So like the examples or the models aren't, and I'm not blaming that, that that's the reason for like my choices, but I think it could shape like what you're saying, influence my brain or what, my perspective is on relationships and things like that. And because there was no model for it really. And, and also my mom was single throughout that entire time. So it wasn't like there was a new relationship to even look at either. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, there's probably some truth to that. hundred percent. I think that's very interesting perspective and that, yeah, like you said, more in the periphery, you and your wife were an example. And also in the periphery, you would kind of send some messages to Corey to give to Kathy. Um, Kathy, this one's for you, actually. I know you said that you found it comforting that even though you were a kid and he was an adult because he had lost his dad too, you were able, he was one of the first people you were kind of able to confide in or to get advice from because he had gone through something similar. And you were, you know, maturing quickly because you had to and he was a very open and honest person so from your perspective first what was that like what type of things would you talk to him about and how was it comforting I think the first thing that comes to mind was there was a lot of um the frustration and anger feeling sometimes with grief that I don't think my well I don't think anyone around me my peers knew at all what I was going through I mean obviously they could sense when I was off or not okay but did they really really understand what was happening no because they hadn't experienced it and I think that is why I so quickly would like talk to you about certain experiences or things or the comments especially about and and it was hard for me because I didn't have the mindset I have today as an adult to think about teenagers and their relationships with parents or what my friends are fighting with their parents about. But I just remember so many times and specifically one time where my friend was just really not getting along with her father and was there was a, a rift between the two of them. And I so badly just wanted to be like, you're so lucky that your dad is here. Like, why don't you work on that? But, but I also have to understand we were teens and tweens and there's a lot of feelings and a lot of that stuff happens just naturally at that life stage. But I think like that for me was really hard to normalize the feelings of a person my age because of the experience I had gone through. And there, one of the first things I remember is I told her that like the first father's day after my dad had passed, I remember I got sick and she did the same thing. She, you know, she didn't feel good that day. She got either whether it's a cold or a flu or something like that. It's because you're, you know, you're so anxious or down or upset that your immune system is down or whatever the reason is. But I remember you went through the same thing. Yeah, that was really eerie. And at the holidays, at the holidays too. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I know whenever we were talking about our grief journeys before we got on air, I was mentioning that I always had that kind of sick blackout feeling. Was there moments, did you, or did you notice that there were moments when Kathy was going through her grieving process from 
the age you was to the age you is now that you were like, oh, I remember feeling that when I was 25. And you kind of touched on it with with the sick feeling. But I, I'm curious if there's any specific moments that stand out to you besides that. That that was the, the first one. That was like one of the very first ones because it was, it was like one of the first Father's Days after he had passed. So, um, and, I, and I think I told her, I'm like, you know, this, for a while, this is really going to sting. Father's Day and holidays is really going to jolt, you know, hit you. And sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. You think you're okay. And then somebody says something or um, you see something and it brings you back to a painful point in your life and you get upset and you get down about it. But so there wasn't specific times where I, I could like see her, but I know like every Father's Day, she's always invited over to our house and um, just so just so she's around people who, who love her, you know. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I love that. I, it really does take a village and your community and your family goes so much bigger than, you know, your biological family. Um, and speaking of that, Gary, did you have a person in your life kind of step in as a father figure for you? Obviously, you were 25, so you were a little older, but did you have that person or people who kind of stepped in? Of course, no one can ever replace, but who tried to kind of extra be there for you? No. And I have an older brother who I'm more of the older brother than he is. So I've I've gone through uh, a, some journeys in my life without the benefit of having a dad to rely on for advice, um, experience. Um, my mom, I was always closer with my dad than my mom. Um, so no, I didn't really have anyone that um, that I could I could go to in that in that role or. I never really seeked one out either, to be honest with you. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think that I don't know. I, I never, I never really thought about it. I mean, I, I, I've thought about it in the past. Like I said before, I wish my dad was there to help me decide when I should start my own business, when I should. Uh, if I should buy this car, just little things. Um, but I, I'm a, a person who believes that everything happens for a reason in life. And so my dad dying shaped the way I am. And it shaped me in a good way. It made me realize that I saw how hard my dad worked growing up. And I knew, okay, if you work hard, you can achieve good things. He told us he loved us every day. So I I was I was shocked to hear other people growing up, your dad tells you he loves you. I'm like, well, yeah, your 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 dad doesn't tell you that. Um I mean, how you were raised, we I was raised to 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 be kind of when I got older, I was raised that I was gonna be an independent, hardworking person. So the values that he taught me. I, I didn't feel like I needed somebody to help me through some hard times. I, I was able to manage those by myself and with my wife. My wife gets a lot of credit there too. What a great testament to your dad that even being able to say like, you know, you were, you are who you are. And I know you, like you said, I have a little bit more time with him, but still not even so like 25, like you were like, I'm good because of this amazing person and, and how you've also um, doubled that back into Kathy and Corey and your children. It's just a really beautiful uh, full circle moment, I feel. Um, on that note, what's some advice you would give or tips or tricks you would give to someone that is going through grief, a grief whether it's with a father or a friend or um, depending on the age, what, what's something that you would, you would, words of wisdom? That's a, that's a tough one. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that it'll get better. Time, and some of those cliches make sense. Time heals all wounds. That's that's really that's really true. Um, live life for today. Those are things that people say to you all the time, and it's kind of like bullshit when you're going through the, the rigorous day of everyday life. But then 
once in a while you got to step back and say, you know, I, I look at it. My term is I'm playing with house money. That's the way I look at it. I, I, I've been blessed that I have a great wife, a great, great kids. Um, so I'm like, I'm playing with house money. And if part of that is because of certain things that have happened in my life, my dad dying being one of them, um, there was one, one thing when my dad was really sick, um, I got married to my first wife and I, I'm sure I got married because I thought I want him to see his son get married. And even though I, in the back of my mind, I think it was a mistake. I did it anyway. And then, I don't know, a year or two after he passed, I, I was divorced. So, you, you know, you, everything happens for a reason. At the time, I probably um, wasn't conscious of, okay, I'm going to, I should do this to make my dad happy. Because I think in reality, my dad, my mom and dad knew I probably shouldn't have been getting married to the person I was marrying. So it, but I thought I was doing the right thing. So I don't know. You do, you know, when you're going through some of that stuff, um, you, you probably make some dumb decisions, but as far as advice and things like that, um, that, I, I, I think everyone's different and everyone's circumstances are a little bit different. Um, you got, it, it's, really really important to sound surround yourself with good people um and find the right mate and that if you're lucky enough to do that that's huge because that's hopefully for the rest of your life um and then don't take life so serious <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm known as a big practical joker I, I, because I, I think you got to have fun in life because when you go through something so bad, it shapes you like, okay, there's going to be times like that. So let's make sure the, the good times are good times and don't get too, uh, wrapped up about money either. Money comes and goes. That's all I got. <laughs> I like that. That's a great list of fantastic honest advice. And I really, I, I appreciate that hearing that. Um, I have another question that popped in, even though I know that would be really good to end on, but I do want to ask if, if you becoming a father made yourself feel closer to your dad because you were experiencing what it was like to have kids of your own. And of course with that, like you said, came the sense of sadness that they never met, but I'm just curious you know, even though he had already passed, once you became a dad, how did that change your your grief and your perspective? Not none, not at all. I I never, and that's a really good question, but I never thought. Um, I mean, there might have been times when our kids were little, like I would got to be nice to to ask his advice on how he would have handled this or that. Um, but I, it didn't make me feel closer to him, no. It, it really didn't. Uh, it made me um, probably more mad. Like, this sucks that he couldn't be here to see his grandchildren. Or, or, but it didn't make me feel closer to him. It made me probably more pissed off than anything else. That's a very honest yeah. response. And I feel like relatable, too. I'm sure. Yes, completely. Um, one one final question we wanted to ask just because we were curious. Um, what And I, again, I know Kathy was young and this was a while ago, but what was your relationship like with Kathy's dad? Would it be the type of thing you would see each other at like school functions or you guys would cross paths sometimes? But I'm just curious if you had interactions um, with him before he passed away and what those were like. I think I only met him once or twice. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, I didn't really know him at all. I, I, yeah, I don't, I think I only met him once or twice. Which I think is really uh, kind of odd to think about, right? Mm -hmm. That you barely ever interacted with him. Yeah. I think that, but I think it's really also special and cool that you can still have 
those types of conversations like without knowing that person but still understand him like you're probably only understand him through my lens I guess yeah. um and so I think but that you that's never really you didn't really you never really talked about that much yeah yeah and I think it was hard for me too I was I would say also just in general I was a shyer child um in elementary school and I was really like focused on my studies and being act- involved if I could in other areas at, at at school or kind of like leadership activities or such um but you weren't shy around us but I was gonna say this was kind of the outlet where I felt like I would talk more. Yeah. Yeah. What was your dad like? Was he a serious guy? Was he Yes. Affectionate? Was he did he tell you he loved you every day? <laughs> no. Okay. Um he was affectionate in a different way. Like he would be really careful with his words and especially in handwritten notes and cards that was kind of like oh, how okay. i remember that's the scrapbook yeah yeah exactly yeah. um they know about the scrapbook they do know about the okay. scrapbook um they that that was his way of kind of like expressing his love was like through written word i would say a lot mm-hmm. and and also because the way that he was at the end of his of his disease he couldn't speak he couldn't actually speak. So a lot of our communication was just through written communication. But even before that, he was always like a card person and writing me messages and stuff like that. He was very heads down, hard worker, like long hours, um, just dedicated, smart, like the smartest in like the family, I feel like. And and everyone knew that he was kind of like the golden child of his own family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that you guys are able to still have these conversations and it is so special that even though you didn't know him all that well, there is still that connection through Kathy and through Kathy and Corey being friends and everything like that. Um, Kath, I did want to turn it to you. If there's anything that we didn't ask him or that we didn't touch upon that you, um, want to talk to him about or any prodding questions you've been thinking about after all these years and now's the time I don't think I have any questions I will say which I think you and I both share this like kind of not deep sadness but more bummed about my college graduation (laughs) um so I think that that and that was uh, yeah. Do they know um, that story? No. That one's kind of gets me emotional, but that was a week that I felt a lot of pain. And I think it was because, I mean, I well, knew your dad it was wasn't because, there to see you graduate. Yeah. It was that. And then it was also coupled with the fact that he went there and there was all of these like USC traditions. And my mom did like kind of step up to the plate I will say in certain components of that um and was there but I think it was just a a tougher milestone to go through and I had received a scrapbook page I mean on the day of my graduation and like cardinal and gold with a bunch of which is crazy because like that was because of him not because of not because of me that was already pre-built so just to like see all of that and witness all of that was a lot and and then funny enough Corey's parents and Corey were all invited to my graduation and the USC graduation causes like an insane traffic jam in LA I would say like it's thousands of students coming to graduate graduate school and undergrad and so he had dropped off Corey and her mom to the graduation and was literally circling, I think, how long? Like an hour? Yeah, well, an yeah hour. looking for parking. And then ended up not finding parking and missing the entire graduation. And I was I was mad for you. I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I, was... I Yeah. And I was like, damn it. Like, 
that's one person that I it would have been nice yeah. to have had there. So that's the only thing that I'll share that was like a ugh, like that one stung a little bit. Yeah, sorry. No, it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said that, I did touch. I do think you might have touched on that before, but I didn't realize, and it obviously has so much more weight now that we know, um, Gary. And I want to turn the question on the flip side to see if there's anything that Gary wants to either ask or talk about or mention or anything that we didn't ask or talk about that you think is something that we should touch on while we're having this Father's Day episode with you guys? Um, well, I think it's it's uh, an amazing thing you guys are doing. Uh, if it helps other people, that's great. But it, it, it it's also probably started from you guys wanting to help each other. Um, so it's a great journey. And I feel bad for your losses. And I, the only thing is, there's there any questions I would ask you guys. I would just say, it gets better. With time, it gets better. The healing process, it just takes time, but it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And you guys seem like you're all very smart and connected and intuitive people. And you get the big picture and just keep going on your your journey of life. Oh, well, thank you. I really, yeah, I like that to end on. That's a really awesome sentiment. And thank you so much, Um, Gary. I know this topic is not easy to talk about no matter what age, phase of life, phase of grief. So we just appreciate you being really honest and candid and giving us your time. Um, I really appreciated hearing this and getting to know from Kathy's story more. So just thank you so much. Again, echoing what Kelsey said, I was so excited when we were able to figure out when to schedule and get you on. In our last episode, I was like, we have to talk to Gary. I was so excited. Um, And it was just such a treat and an honor. So I know that, like Kelsey said, it's just a vulnerable subject. It's something that's not the easiest to talk about. But I feel so honored and thankful that you wanted to come and have a conversation with us. And Kath, I think uh, you can round us out. Yeah, thank you again also uh, no for coming problem. on. I appreciate it. And did you tell them that I wanted to think about it for a day? Um, I did tell them that you needed to mull over yeah. for a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honored yeah. you made the decision to say yes. Yeah, we won. We won. I'm good with it. <laughs> um, yes, but thank you so much for listening. I hope this is a little Father's Day treat um, for those. And I know a lot of our friends will probably want to listen um, but please follow us. We just launched a TikTok. You can rate and review us on wherever you listen to podcasts. And yeah, have a good rest of your week. Bye.